This is Multinew Media. Hi, everyone. I'm Chase Raz, and this is yet another episode of Multi New Media. Sorry, we've been taking a couple of breaks at the beginning of the summer here, but I have a great surprise for you today. I have a, a wonderful guest. I'm so happy to be talking with this gentleman, Francesco D'Alessio. Uh, he is a tech enthusiast, a productivity app reviewer on YouTube. And speaking of that YouTube channel, Francisco has over 11,000 subscribers and countless videos, averaging uh, what it looks like a couple thousand viewers each video. Wow. Francisco, hi. How are you? I'm great, Chase. How are you? I am wonderful. Again, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I know you had listened to a couple of the episodes and I've watched a couple of your videos on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of guests on and it's something I'd like to do more. So I really, really thank you for taking a big risk with us um, and coming on today. That's no problem at all. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing a few things with you guys. Perfect. So, uh, and speaking of that, today we're going to be exploring your top list of productivity apps, and uh, I really want to hear from from you. And and I'm not going to put my two cents in, except for you know, as we talk through your list, I'm not going to have a list of my own. But I will throw, if it's okay with you, some interview style questions in and throw them kind of at you, just <laughs> like playing dodgeball, as hard as I can throw them at you. Ah, oh, sounds brilliant. Sounds great. Perfect. Because I'd like to get to know a little bit more about you and your brand. So, if that's good, we can jump uh, right into you saying hello to everybody, telling us a little bit about who you are, and then after that, we'll move to your list. Yeah, sure. Um, So my name's Francesco. Um, I'm uh, originally sort of a uh, YouTuber, I would say, covering productivity apps on YouTube. Now, this might sound a bit weird and maybe slightly ironic as well, uh, but, you know, reviewing productivity apps on YouTube does really help other people because it saves them a lot of time when it comes to choosing uh, the right resources for their routine. So like uh, I, I sort of uh, started maybe three or four years ago now properly, like doing uh, weekly YouTube videos to help people find those resources. Because once people found those resources, they tended to be uh, a lot more productive in their routine, which was so good because that's like the biggest reward that you can get to find out that someone is able to do more, whether it's spend more time with their family, uh, you know, go on vacation and be relaxed, or whether it's um, get more done and, and win a contract or or do something a bit in terms of the business world or, or, or their own work. So, yeah, that's where it originally started, sort of a passion to uh, find resources for other people. I actually started, I'm 23 now, and I started when I was 15. Nice, so, good. Uh, a solid, like, uh, eight years. So, my, my uh, so with um, what, what led you to productivity? Because it's not many 23 year olds that are, you know, super excited about um, productivity on <laughs> mobile devices and desktop devices. Why that? Why was that your thing? Or, and why is that your thing now? Yeah, g- good question. I, I mean, I know uh, all my uh, peers and people my age are probably looking at me going, yeah, this guy's a little weird. Um <laughs> And, and I remember when I was 15 and, and I just got really into them, more into the functionality of the app. So like the ability to organize yourself. So I read this book book by David Allen uh, called Getting Things Done when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sort of really kicked everything off. And then I was like, man, I've got to find apps to help me be a bit better. And then I saw the results in my own sort of schoolwork and things like that. And then I was like, you know, I, I don't see many other people that are, like, that are like using apps in their routine. So I thought, you know, why not help other people find them? 
right? It was some of it that misconception of, you know, apps are these lightweight programs are not really useful for my workflow. Was there some of that involved or did you just see an opportunity that that other people were missing? Um, sort of a bit of both. Um, I, I, I knew that I, I wanted to talk about them because I was so interested in them, but then equally knew that when I was looking at other people's phones, even my, I remember looking at my teacher's phones and being like, when they had them out, of course, like, oh, you don't have any of these apps, like personal productivity apps, like, why don't you? And and that, that always sort of interested me. So mm. I guess, yeah, a, a slightly weird upbringing. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's okay. All of us share a similar story in that way, I guess. But well, I do have a sort of an unscheduled question here. So um, did, and, and if you don't want to answer, I, I understand, but did um, your interest in productivity apps, did that end up helping you through school? Or uh, or was yeah. it harmful because you were too focused on the tool and not getting uh, the work accomplished? Yeah, and that's always a question I get with the YouTube channel. Like, you, you cover so many tools. Do you ever be productive because you're spending so much time <laughs> on the tools? And and I would say the case is that with the channel, I try not to I, – I try to talk about productivity in, as a whole, but I try to talk about productivity apps more because productivity is very dependent on the person. And my sort of experience with it, with it was when I – the year before, I think I was 15 and then moved on to 16 – I actually failed an entire year of school, of high school. And that sort of left me in a place where I was like, man, I've got to do well next year so that I can actually get into the university and things like that. So I spent the summer like doing my research and trying to learn productively. And then when I implemented the tools and workflows, I didn't spend too much time on like, like recoupling those skills. What I did is I just did the work and results were happening using the workflow. So I, 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 I was able to like implement the resources and find out they were productive. But for me, I don't spend too much time on uh, like productivity, like improving my productivity as a whole. Right. When I seem to have a good workflow, I tend to work with it and review it in like week, week, maybe at the end of the week in my end of week review and monthly, that is it. I don't really spend too much time on on like worrying too much about apps and things like that, except for reviewing them, if you if you make if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it, it does, and I think what you said, you say it so straightforward and very matter of factly, but I think it's more profound um, when someone else hears what you're saying because you you said something a while back about you didn't worry about uh, I guess I don't know how you worded it, but the the skill set and, and improving the productivity, you just kind of did it, you did the work, and then results mm-hmm. happened, and I think that is so transformative in business when people get to the point to where they understand nothing happens unless you kind of put your nose to the grindstone and do the work. And I, yeah. I, I think that's a bigger point than um, uh, than you may be giving it credit for. But but definitely yeah. um, uh, sparks kind of flew when I heard you say that. Yeah. And, and I, I 100% believe in that. Like, I think I heard a quote from, you know, do you, I don't know whether you follow, follow Gary V. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I touch on his stuff every like couple of months just to see how it is. And and he said a quote maybe like a year ago that was like, um, don't listen to what I'm talking about, watch what I'm doing. And that was that was like a really, that stuck in my mind as something um, that I've always like been keen on doing. So I've never like dedicated all of my time to reviewing productivity apps. But, but what I do is I spend uh, 90% of my time on other work. So like freelancing, marketing, where I test the apps or you get to use certain resources. 
instead of actually spending all my time inside them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm glad you brought up Gary Vee. Um, you know, I play a lot of his stuff for my students and I, I talk about him and I requote him and he requotes a lot of people, obviously. But uh, can, can I tell you a little bit of a secret about my thoughts on Gary Vee? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I think that he is a wonderful guy. He has a great grasp on marketing. His beginning with, you know, the family business and turning into new media and everything. We all in, in business and marketing are fairly familiar with that story. But I do have one gripe with him, and it's and this isn't going to be as big as it sounds, but I like to sit back and go, does this guy ever turn it off? Like, I don't know <laughs> if it's healthy. He talks about never turning it off and always being productive and always working and always marketing and testing, but I don't know if that's healthy. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that when he's off camera and he's, when he's not in the office, when he's not, you know, in, in the conference call, I mm-hmm. hope he does dial it back and take a vacation every once. And that's my only gripe with him. Yeah, I, I think like him being such a uh, pillar for business and then being able to see that a lot of people do. I, I remember when I first started watching him, like you do fall into the trap of thinking you are quite Superman like in a sense right. that you can carry on, uh, you know, all the time and not switch off. So, yeah, I guess you're right, Chase, like you just have to make sure to. Uh, not be like roped into every second, I guess. Absolutely. Well, Francesco, do you want to um, get into the list here? I know you have some really good picks for us, and uh, it, it's it's your specialty. I wanna I wanna see what you have for us and see. Well, we'll keep track of how many of these I use and how many I don't. Sure. Yeah. No, that, that's a good idea. Tally it up. Um, so so I thought I'd jump in. Uh, I've got a nice list of like six apps that you guys might want to use for productivity um, just to boost certain parts of your routine. Now, I sort of like uh, base most of my productivity off like three three core pillars. So tasks, um, notes, and calendar. And they're the sort of, if I were to, uh, if you were to say there's a, you know, like a nuclear, like a blast comes along and and wipes everything out uh, in terms of all of the other resources you use, what are the three things that are going to stick around? And I sort of have those three resources that I use as as sole. And they, I see, I'd say they contribute. Those three pillars contribute to about eighty percent of your productivity um, in your daily routine. So the first one, uh, a to do list application, a task app. Uh, for me, I recommend Todoist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todoist spelled T O D O I S T, um, or one word. It's actually a really strong and flexible resource. Uh, I find it very good because if you're wanting to go basic with it, you can go basic. You can just put in the tasks and do the regular stuff. But if you want to go advanced, if you want to take it that step further and learn a bit more about how you can optimize, um, for example, let's say you're offline, you want to get some tasks done offline, you be using the ability to use label in that function. There's loads of different advanced functions that you can implement to do it. So it's actually quite a good resource. I don't know whether you have that one on your list. And and so, you know, I'm, I'm guilty. I don't use it. Um, I'm so simple and I'm so plain. Um, I used to use Evernote and I switched to OneNote. And I just make to-do lists in those types of software. And uh, I know people tell me over and over, you really need good to-do software. And I, I almost wonder, um, do you get a sense that this is almost like... Um, Uh, personal project management does it go that far or is it like taking a uh, day planner and digitizing it it's a bit of both you can plan personal projects in there and you can do the day plan thing for me i do a bit of both more like the day planner for me 
and a bit of the personal project management in there. It's it's really lists-based, so that's a list experience with the context put around it. So maybe if you made a list in Evernote, um, if you opened up, if you didn't open up Evernote the next day, you might not know that you've got tasks due. Right. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But with like a to-do list application, you've got context there, which means that in the morning you're going to have tasks to do in your li- in your list for um, Todoist because it will either notify you or you'll go into the app and there'll be a set list of things to do for today. I think that could be very useful. And, you know, if you've listened to a couple of the episodes and for our listeners out there, I'm going to have to pick on myself some. And um, the reason is we all know I'm still switching off of Windows Phone back to Android. And um, me, my, my heart breaks for Windows. So um, a lot of these apps I still can't get because I haven't switched back. Yeah, it's, it's a real pain, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, it leads me to a question I want to mix in before we move on to another pick of yours. And I think the tech side of our listener base will be interested in this. What operating system do you prefer in terms of productivity? Is it a desktop operating system like Windows or um, Mac OS or is it something mobile, iOS, Android? Uh, Where do you fall in terms of OS preference? Yeah, sure. So I I actually weirdly used to use uh, an Android phone and Chrome OS literally exclusively on Chromebook um, for about four years. So I only just moved to Mac last October. And it's amazing. Like, I really enjoy the Mac OS experience. I did use PC for a while. Mm-hmm. But for productivity, I, 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 I prefer iOS and uh, and Mac OS. They seem to be more intuitive just because the apps are more available. And, and But, you know, with, with Android, there's actually more things that developers can do in mm-hmm. terms of details, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sorry that that thud threw me off. I, you're okay over there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of a thud. Yeah, so uh, iOS and um, and macOS makes perfect sense. Again, probably like a Windows and Android setup. If we're talking like a, a computer and phone, Windows is a good operating system. Has a good amount of uh, applications on there, and the good thing is, you know, you're not too restricted by uh, some of the functions that they have inside of the operating system. Um, Android again is a really good experience like I have a lot of people who nudge me on YouTube to say why aren't you doing too many Android ex- Android apps because there are plenty of them I just I have an Android phone uh, to record but I, I need to jump more into those apps because there are a good range of apps on there mm-hmm. what's the second app you have for us today yeah so it's uh, it's it's Evernote um, this is the note-taking experience that I was mentioning so uh-huh. um, using a Evernote for, for anyone, I think, when you get started, it's really about organizing yourself in notebook style. So actually having a very strict way of uh, putting everything in little folders for a time being. Um, what I recommend for anyone getting started is really to take absolutely every bit of paper or every bit of uh, you know documentation digitally and to coordinate it into neat Evernote notebooks. Because this way, you've got yourself like the second brain available on any of your devices at any given time and that way you don't necessarily have to like remember anything or like remember where it is like whether it's in the folder in your bedroom or whether it's in the folder in your office Uh, so Evernote's really for me and for a lot of people this hub of ideas information and uh, documentation too 
Now, were were you ever a paper person prior or did apps kind of circumvent that for you? Because I used to be a person that had papers upon papers, on, uh, you know, just of notes on my desk. And now I, I still like to write occasionally and, and not, you know, with a, a stylus on glass. So I, I'm looking at my desk right now. I have junk mail, but I have two real pieces of paper that I'm taking notes on and anything of importance is going to go into Evernote or OneNote primarily because it's searchable. Now, so were you ever a paper person or, um, has it always been digital for you? Um, I don't think, I'm not sure I ever was like, I keep reference pieces, um, like folder. I keep just one folder with reference pieces for our entire house in case I need it to grab quickly but mm-hmm. i don't actually check into that like check into that every three to six months just to make sure everything's okay sure um i used to have a whiteboard where i used to put my tasks on it when i was younger but that quickly got eradicated when i found apps <laughs> yeah you know i'm looking at my whiteboard as you say that i'm thinking when is the last time i updated this thing it's got tasks from months and months and months ago but you know i, I i'd like to stress the, the the second item that you have on your list for folks out there um you know a lot of us remember when these note-taking applications started coming out in the back in the aughts really just before the mobile phone craze really hit consumers and you'd have um, a couple of these note-taking software come out, primarily desktop applications, and people would scratch their head and go, I don't understand, why Why would I use this? But the biggest um, benefit for business people that I want to stress is that you can search for your notes. You know, if you forget... Um, a client name or what day you meant somebody uh, if it's in your notes if you took notes from that day just search the one thing you remember like Bob was wearing gray slacks well if you're you know if you're a negotiator you're probably taking notes of these types of things and you're you're, you're paying attention to the people on the other side of the table and you can remember that one little detail instead of where you put the paper or what day it was just remember anything you can and then search for it and I think that's the biggest boost for most um most professionals. A hundred percent agree with that. I think, yeah, you're right. It, it's, it's having that a, a click of a finger away from you. Uh, at any given time, you could just find out what you need to know, uh, avoiding, you know, tons of search time and things like that. Um, I think there's some, you know, there's some things in your routine that are good to do with paper. So for example, in the mornings, I do like five to 10 minutes journaling on physical notebook. And that's a really nice experience because I'm like, paper exists <laughs> in that, <laughs> that sort of situation there. <laughs> yeah, you think of um, one thing I used to tell students just to throw them off. If I ever needed them to take paper out, is I'd say, okay, can you please get dead tree pulped, bleached and pressed uh, and pull that out of your bag? And, you know, people are just looking at me like, what are you asking for? And uh, it is nice to know that it still exists. It's useful. It has a nice... Um, if you get the right type of paper, can have a nice premium, almost luxury feel as you're writing on it. But, but again, it's usefulness. As soon as you lose that piece of paper, that information's gone. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great. So, what about app number three? App number three is an alternative note taker. So, you know, you can be using Evernote, which is great. And I actually use this application and Evernote at the same time. But it's more of a lightweight one. So it's called Bear Notes, uh, and it's available for Mac OS and iOS. They're working on a web version and an Android version. But the sort of experience is, um, I'm not sure whether you've seen many of these like writer applications or iWriter applications. Um, what they do is they try to make it sort of minimal as possible, you know, 
really nice design, allows you to write markdown text. This is just a way, I guess, for you to, um, if you're a writer or someone who likes to avoid any distractions, this is a nice experience for you. Um, and if you like to write in Markdown as well, it's very handy. So the app is bare and it's, it's, it's one of my favorite ones for quickly writing up scripts or quickly writing up note, uh, like note, notes for the supermarket or um, I don't know, the other day I used it, um, I was <laughs> ordering drinks at a pub and uh, everyone was telling me what they ordered, uh, wanted and I was writing them down on here. And I, I like can't remember stuff, <laughs> like, like store stuff briefly in my brain. Right. So I had to write it down on Bear and then I quickly went up to the bartender and uh, read <laughs> from Bear. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lightweight one, not as heavy as Evernote, no, not too searchable. Well, it's searchable, but just not in the same extent as Evernote. Right. I do love that this has markup and it looks like I'm looking at your YouTube channel here and it looks like you did a review of Bear and that's B-E-A-R for anyone wondering, just like the animal. Yeah. Um, Bear and uh, you did a review on of this, uh, I think, in early June, June 5th, it looks like. And uh, it looks like you have another really cool video that I'm going to have to watch in the future. It's Evernote versus Bear. You call it Full Showdown. Uh, that one, I, I have not seen that video of yours, but I'm going to have to watch that. Um, I'd really yeah. love to see these compared and contrasted. Yeah, I, I try and do as many like of those head-to-head ones as possible because like, people always ask, like, Francesco, do you use one exclusively or do you use them complementary? And, and I guess I try and make it as clear as possible how you know they can be used together or they can be used separately yeah that's that's a really good oh yeah i do see that i see another video from you um baron evernote how how you use them together um really really good stuff see i'm going to add those to my queue and watch through those uh right. a, a little bit later um i've not been been exposed to bear uh primarily use mac os at um at my university but yeah. um you know, I just kind of use web clients of stuff I already use on, on, like I said, my Windows phone or on Android or on a Windows PC. And uh, Bear looks like something I'm going to have to jump into because of the markdown. I've been looking for a really nice markdown uh, editor on the Mac. I think you'll like it. I think that I wouldn't go pro first. I wouldn't. I would not go premium yet. I would have a play around with it. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's really playful, and and they've done the design so well. You'll be. I think you'll be knocked out. You have to let me know when you get on it i will i'll I'll give you a shout out and let you know um what i think of it but it i'm kind of looking at it and previewing it here on my screen as we talk and and it looks like it's um uh, a good solution for uh for really anybody who's looking to just have some productivity that needs to take notes or do some markdown but really needs the program to blend into the background and not become the focal point just some place to put the notes and move on 100 percent. yeah i i like it for that it's it's very fluid Nice. Nice. So that brings us, we're, we're what, halfway through the list now. So we have Todoist, yeah. Evernote, and Bear Notes. Um, what about, um, uh, what about some, I assume we're going to some of these calendar apps? We are. Uh, good prediction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> uh, obviously, calendar apps are like, uh, so you don't necessarily have to go with um these third-party ones because mainly there's really three main calendar experiences there's google calendar apple calendar and outlook calendar mm-hmm. and of course it depends on like you know how much you are dedicated to one experience so if you're like all in microsoft the microsoft calendar on the outlook experience on the app is actually pretty good um 
Google calendars, I mean, again, really well designed, except the web version. And, uh, you know, Apple calendars, you know, pretty consistent too. Um, but what I want to recommend is something that sort of blends all sort of three of those experiences. Um, so you can, so for example, if you've got like two Outlook ones, one Google and one Apple. Oh, the story sounds- of my life. Too many calendars yeah. and they're all spread across every ecosystem. That's it, right? So you, like you'd be, I, I was someone who was chasing around uh, all of those calendars. And, and and the one thing I did was I got, um, I think it's Calendars 5 by Readle, it's called on iOS. Um, it's only available on iOS at the moment, which is a bit of a pain. Um, I use a Mac one called Fantastical 2 for Mac. Um, but at the moment, Calendars 5 on iOS is like my go-to calendar. It's really well designed. And I like the way that you can quickly add tasks. So for example, if um, I just press a plus button to add a task, I don't have to type in, uh, you know, like meeting with Chase, for example, uh, and then go in detail and type in all the other stuff. I can quickly type in meeting with Chase tomorrow at five and it automatically adds that to your calendar, which is nice. So it's like natural language, very easy to use. Um, and, and I find the interface so easy. So you don't have to stick with one view. Like you probably, I don't know, I'm very, I'm very uh, strange. I don't like to like see a week view or month view. I like to see like a five day view. <laughs> ah, okay. That... So it yeah. has a lot of different layouts. So you don't, there's, there's plenty of layouts for weird people as well. <laughs> well, and, and don't let don't let my response to that make you think that I'm, I'm confirming the weirdness. What what I'm kind of commenting on in my own head, and I want to make um, a vocal here, is everybody has those unique preferences. So for me, my frustration is I love the month view. Like I want to see at a macro, I have things booked out a couple of weeks. I need to balance that with what I'm doing this particular week. And... Um, so the biggest thing that I dislike is a day view. A day view is so pointless to me because yeah. if I don't already have it preloaded in my head what I'm doing today, it's not getting done. And so mm-hmm. I like the month view and, and you can find it's almost like, you know, Star Wars versus Star Trek or something like that where these where people, professionals will get into these battles of here's the way we're going to set this calendar up, right? Here's going to be the default view. And uh, people are very opinionated. So I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's uh, preference and experience. Yeah, you're you're 100% right when you said as well, preferences is important with with all of these apps, like, you know, go and try them out. Don't necessarily commit to them, learn as much as you can about them before going all in with them, because you want to get the right resources that you feel comfortable in your routine, don't you? Like, I think the, the best setups I've seen are the ones that are so custom to someone's workflow they just look and work great for that person. Yeah. And then there are technical issues. Um, So, you know, for, for me and I use myself as an example, because um, um, like I said, having the, the the windows phone and kind of being stuck there temporarily until I decide to move on. But because of my work, if something doesn't work on windows and Mac OS, right? If it's not on both of those, it's a non-starter for me. Like I know a couple of these things you've said, well, it's iOS only. And there's some Android only apps. If it's not somewhat cross-platform, I, I know it's a non-starter for me, and I know for a lot of people out there as well, especially if they're using Windows PCs at work and then maybe, you know, an iOS device uh, for their phone. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I know so many people that have, uh, you know, a lot of devices. And, and I, the Windows is a good situation. 
I think you do have to find one that suits you best as possible, no matter what devices it's available for. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, uh, I'll apologize yet again for derailing you because you know what happened is I actually lost track of where we are in your count. We, we are uh, four out of six now, oh. so we've only got two more. <laughs> oh, great, great. So calendar five and um, that's, that's the one that you said iOS only, right? Yeah, iOS only. So hopefully uh, they'll come to Android soon, but um, you know, yeah. you know how yeah, those things go. We won't hold our breath. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, they're working on calendar six, apparently. So they're probably going to have to do something soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, for I mean, in the meantime, I know I'll go try it on the iPad and anyone who has an iPhone, um, yeah. give it a try. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and I, I did a review on this one. If you want, because there is a little, uh, I think it's like maybe like $2.99 for the one-off fee. Okay. So if you want to know like all the details you can uh check out the video that i did on it great right so that one um i'm not seeing it immediately but i'll have to search for it yeah i'll send you a link uh, after if you like perfect yeah and i'll put it in the show notes for everyone out there right uh yeah so uh the fifth one right um again these two la- these last two are not ones that you like need straight away if you're brand new to the sort of productivity app space they're more like uh, ones that you might want to use to enhance your productivity. Um, so that number five is called Focus List. Um, it's an app that integrates something called the Pomodoro Technique. Um, I don't know whether you know this one, Chase. Nope. Go ahead and give me a primer. I'm I'm sitting here scratching my head. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Well, it's always hard to explain, uh, but basically, it was a concept created by uh, another Francesco. Weirdly in uh, the 1980s. And basically, uh, you you have a Pomodoro timer, right? So you can use a regular timer on your smartphone or you can use one of these apps. And uh, essentially you get 30 minute blocks, right? So for example, you're sat there doing a bit of intense work and you, you don't want to be distracted or you want to you know crush that bit of time, right? Right. So you've got 25 minutes on, right? and five minutes break, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a full Pomodoro cycle right there. Okay. So you set the timer for 25 minutes, nothing distracts you. You intensify all of your work. Maybe you get one, two tasks done, whatever it is. And you've basically uh, spent 25 minutes and you have a five minute break. And then what you can do is you do a routine of this. So for example, over two hours, you could do four Pomodoro timers, full timers. So that's 25 minutes, five minutes off, 25 minutes, five minutes off. And then at the end of that, uh, at the end of every four Pomodoros, <laughs> you might have to look this up after. <laughs> uh, after every four Pomodoros, you have a, I think it's a 10 to 20 minute break, just because they are, that's quite an intense period of time. Right. So, so it's a way, basically, to predict your work intensity. And you can work in these cycles to, I, I guess, like, it's like pre-planning your breaks, but reducing the amount of intensity over a period of time. Yeah, yeah and, and I like that. I'm, I'm looking it up a little bit as you describe it, and it's all making sense. I, You know, I almost do this, and I think a lot of people do. I, I do this when I'm cooking and don't even know it. I set the timer on the <laughs> oven, even if I'm not using the oven, just to focus myself and keep everything moving. I imagine this would be hard to do in a cubicle, like a cubicle farm. Yeah. But uh, I did have a coworker, Peter, 
who um, who would do this. And I, I never realized that this is what he was doing. I just thought, wow, he's a very disciplined person. Yeah, which he it, is. It, he is, in, it, in fairness. That's good. That, I think it's a good practice to have. And and I I um, I would recommend if anybody was in an office, office um, like an office situation, whether it's like an open plan or anything like that, um, associate it to like let all of your colleagues around you know, right, that you're going to be doing this and get them to only ping you via like DM or IM or Slack or something like that. Um, and then basically like I, I remember w- one technique I had with a few people that I worked with uh, regularly was uh, I, I, I think I put my what I took my watch off and I put it next to my desk and that indicated to them that I was in a Pomodoro cycle ah. and they should disturb me yeah good you good can, indicator you can use anything like I, I've seen uh, online like buttons that people uh, have next to their desk that are red and then it stops and you know, there's different ways of letting other people know, but this like discipline, like that your friend had, you know, this can be really effective if you get it right. Yeah, it gets you in that in, in the zone, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. So this so, focus list app looks yeah. pretty neat. Um, it, so is the entire app, um, excuse the pun, focused on using this technique for uh, getting work done? Yeah, sure. And I was going to mention it. It's got to do's inside. So if if you wanted to so for example you could have a regular pomodoro timer but what focus list does differently is it associates it to a task so you can type in you know uh feed the cat i don't know without take 25 minutes <laughs> that's uh, that happens on the five minute break for the for most of us <laughs> yeah probably yeah i'm gonna change that one um it could be you know have a podcast with someone for example mm-hmm. uh and you 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 start the timer there or you can set like four Pomodoro times to it if it's a more intense task. So it's quite cool. So you can add to-dos and start working on them. Great. I, I like this, you know, and this is where it's almost a shame that this isn't on um, Android. I would almost imagine there's an equivalent. Um, there, there, yeah. But but this, um, it looks like it has Apple Watch integration, which is just... Um, you know, there's not many things that sell me and make me want. Like I said, I'm, I'll move back to Android soon. Not many things make me want to get my first iPhone. Um, yeah. Something like this, where there's Apple Watch integration and it works with your Mac and your iPhone, that cross cross platform uh, useful tool. Um, it, wow, I'm 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 loving what I see here, and it's so simplistic that uh, I I don't think you could deviate from it if you tried. <laughs> yeah, you, you say that. Yeah, no, but, yeah. I, it's, it's a I challenge, agree. Francesco. It's a cha- it's a challenge. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> no, the, the uh, I think the good thing with it is it, it's really well designed and it's quite easy to get on with. Um, the the note that I would say with Android users is there there are plenty. All you have to do is type in uh, Pomodoro uh, timers on Android, and there'll there'll be hosts of them, even if they're basic. Um, there was like the likes of Pomodone on there that work quite well. Um, but you can get them for like Mac as well. So if you're someone who, you know, doesn't necessarily use their iPhone, then you can use one of the uh, the Mac ones. The Be Focus Pro is a good one uh, on Mac. That works really well. Um, but then I was going to mention, I'm going to slightly go off on a tangent here if that's right. Oh, please do. I love tangents. There's there's other ways you can do it. There's actually two resources that sort of go a bit a step further. So you know when you've got your phone and you know during the workday 
you're picking it up occasionally and then you know you're either working on your laptop and that phone is always that core distraction in your day well there's a way of sort of getting rid of it and it's it's two apps there's one called forest and one called pops um forest basically what it does is it creates this uh, it's quite neat you set the timer like a pomodoro but what happens is when you start the timer a tree starts growing right hmm. so this tree starts growing on your screen and it's it's great because uh it's very incentivized but for example if i were to go out of the app right uh onto maybe like snapchat or instagram it would kill that tree right <laughs> oh it's such an incentive to come back and focus it's so brutal um <laughs> but basically if you manage to complete this 25 minute cycle uh you get this uh, tree being built, which is great. So it's quite a nice way to, uh, you know, work on your productivity. Mm-hmm. And at the end, of course, once you've done so many cycles, you get this little forest and you can grow stuff out, which is quite nice. Now there's another one called Pops, which is basically, um, it's quite a neat way of doing it. So you've got this grandpa who you set a timer for, it's the same with Pomodoro timer but you set like one hour or two hours and then you turn your phone over. And the more you, the, the, if you t- keep your phone turned over, you gain points. So this is based on the sensor, which is quite nice. So if you open, like it, it managed to see light when you lift it up, mm-hmm. if you try and have a sneak peek, you lose points. So it's quite a uh, neat way of actually, it's an even more incentivized way. And at the end of it, you at the end of that cycle, you actually gain points and it notifies you using the camera uh, light. So it flashes when the, the period is over. So these two ways are actually a really much more intense way of doing it, but a more risk oriented way of doing it, I guess. And it's so smart on the part of the developers because one of oh, the yeah. things when, when we work with you know end users, were so focused on gamifying the system so that they stay engaged and stay within an ecosystem or stay within an application. And to take that and turn it on it on its head to say, now we're going to gamify you breaking away from this and living the rest of your life and having a good balance in life. I, I love that, how it takes the idea of engagement and turns it completely on its head to disengagement. I mean, at least from the device, which disengagement from that being tied to hardware we know can be a very bad thing. So I, I love the um, the value proposition of, of turning things upside down. It, it's so good, right? It's, and I, it's such a like a it's just so fun it's just so intuitive it's yeah, and, easy to get on with and now i want to go grow a forest i mean that's <laughs> I, I really do i want to go download this app just to just to uh kind of reminds me of uh back in the xbox 360 days um when connect was fairly new deepak chopra put out a um meditation app and i think it was oh. called leela it was sanskrit for play and yeah. you'd you'd move and you'd kind of do these meditative poses and it'd grow these trees on this planet or that was one of the scenarios, and it's just such a nice, um, you know, relaxing thing to watch even a digital tree grow that I, I do think it can help um, help uh, keep people focused. Yeah, definitely. And and the good thing is with this one is it's available on Android too, uh, and they've also got a Chrome extension as well, so oh, good. it's quite it's quite flexible, right? Oh man! So now, now that you told me it's a Chrome extension, um, now it's a little bit too close to home because I have a tool now to limit my web surfing, and uh, uh, <laughs> that's my that addiction point. 
yeah it's it's a, it's a good excuse right it's a, it's a good one now exactly uh, yeah but you know they, those are two additional apps but they they can complement other experiences that you have which is good what about uh, number six yeah number six uh the final one um the, again another one that doesn't necessarily need to be in your system um but you know working with uh clients and things like that it might be something that you find valuable uh if or if you just want to audit your time this can be beneficial so the app's called hours hours time tracking uh, I, I think it's hoursforteams.com or that's the url uh, but basically it's a time tracking app so it's got a free ios app which is good so you can start tracking it um using your experience on your iphone uh there's a web experience which is i think it's a paid experience but again it's something that you can evaluate if you if you understand the usages of it um but basically what you can do is you you tally up all the timers that you got so all the clients you work with and then you can start a timer when you work with all of those clients and at the end of the week or the end of the day you can see collectively how many minutes hours and and days or or, or at the end of the week days that you spent per client now this can be useful for your own modification in accounting so you can go okay, I spent five hours with dot, dot, dot. Okay, I need to build them with that. Or it might be beneficial for like, for example, you might go, oh man, I spent five hours emailing. I need to tone it down. Um, you know, it's a good way for you to audit your time as a whole. Five hours emailing, that's it? Only five <laughs> hours um, per, per day? <laughs> yeah, well, no. <laughs> no, I, I meant per week. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, some days I'm lucky to only do five hours per day in email. Um, that, yeah, that. so that's Hours for Teams, you said, is the website? Yeah, I think it's called that. And there's, there's a couple of other time tracking ones. There's, and there's another one called Toggle, uh, T-O-G-G-L. That, that is a good experience as well. It works pretty well and it connects with other to-do list applications that you might have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those experiences are pretty handy for sort of taking your productivity to a more granular level if you want to start, um, you know, auditing your time. I, For me, I do one, I, I audit a week every month so that I can see where I'm putting my time and attention. You know, I do everything from how much time I spend on fitness to how much time I spend with family. And it's a good way to just, like, work out whether I need to be moving stuff about or chiseling it down. Well, I will say that sounds ridiculously smart um, to, yeah. to the sense that I, I think, I, you know, I don't do anything like that, but I, I really think maybe we all should. And um, you serve as a great role model to to suggest that and to um, to be using it because how many hours are just lost? Although I will make a little bit of a joke here and I challenge someone else on, on you know, on the other side of the coin, so to speak. I challenge someone else to see how many hours of their week they're spending at red lights in their city and then do a comparison from city by city and uh, see who has the best infrastructure. But um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, these types of tools can be useful for that. I mean, all the tools you presented can be used in um, conducting research on teams and the effectiveness of teams. Um, so it's not just about improving your own personal life. We hope that happens in your professional life. But um, yeah. some of these tools are really great for recording um, recording data. Yeah, definitely. And and it, you, like, that's a brilliant example, commuting. Like if someone had the ability to audit a week of how long they spend commuting and they go, oh, my God, although it's 20 minutes there and 15 minutes back in the evenings, that's like 35 minutes a day times by five. That's like... Uh, my maths is bad. That's like 100, <laughs> 160 minutes or something like that, probably. 
Um, that's like notice how I'm not piping in to, to correct you or anything. I'm I'm not even attempting it in my mind right now. <laughs> I w- I wouldn't. <laughs> it's I'm just, dreadful at math. Yeah, I'm um, just gonna let you do it, and whatever you say, I'm just gonna go. Uh huh. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just come out with this random number. Um, but yeah, it's like that's like almost like three hours. For example, it could be about three three four hours where you're just commuting every week and you know and and a lot of people um you know they they don't do anything during that commute um and you might be able to find time to listen to a podcast this one uh it could be a good one Um, i I, I hope so that's it uh or you could be listening to uh, an audiobook that might be beneficial um or if you're a train commuter reading you know there's lots of different uh, ways that you can optimize those three, four hours extra. So yeah, the audit does, like, I love the audit. It comes so helpful to me. Oh, you're breaking my heart. You're forgetting. See, um, we're Florida based over here on this show. And apparently our state, uh, in the U S does not believe in mass transit. So you're breaking my heart with the, the train ride thing. I wish uh, we had more of that here. We only have a couple of light rail. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, I haven't, before we wrap up, because I think that was number six, right? The hours was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all, they're they're all uh, out there now. (laughs) I want to keep you around for just a few moments and ask a couple, uh, a couple of questions if that's all right. Uh, I'm almost backtracking a little bit to ask this, but why YouTube? Um, what pulled you to YouTube and not, um, you know, putting all of this information and all of your reviews? Uh, why not a podcast or a blog? What What was it about YouTube that was best for you? Uh, that's a really good point. And for content creators out there, like I, I sort of took it as an approach. So what I did is in my first year, I did, I, I previously had a blog anyway. So what I did is I did, um, one for the first year i did one blog a week uh i did uh, a podcast every week uh or i think it was maybe two a week actually on soundcloud and then i did a um a youtube video every week in that first year and mm-hmm. the the thing with that was that i i at the end of the year I, I sat down and went which one's working the best where have i got the most audience and then what i did is i chiseled most of my time into youtube so that's where I sort of, uh, you know, worked out that that was my thing. I also run a, a medium blog, which is, uh, I think, I'll, I'll drop it to you for show notes. Um, and also uh, a, a new podcast that's been out for like two, two and a half months now, probably, uh, on Anchor, which is a, a sort of radio station app, but they've also just become a podcasting app. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I, I've sort of launched, I, I've got like three things, but the YouTube is the biggest. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that almost segues into my next question for you, because it, f- first of all, it sounds like, you know, you didn't necessarily choose YouTube. YouTube chose you based on um, you performing analytics and being diligent and observing trends and observing the results of, of what your efforts were uh, attaining. But um, what is next for you and your brand? And it sounds like you were kind of already answering that. It looks like you have a podcast and you said you, you do have a media blog, correct? Yeah, sure. So you're right. Uh, obviously, I think with YouTube, it's it's about growing it and, and building the community, going a lot deeper with the community as well. Um, I think the next step, the big next step is is some sort of workbook or some sort of resource that people can get access to that means that they can understand this whole process. Because, you know, we've recommended some great apps here, but I guess the next step is like almost giving people a template so that they can if they want to get started with this sort of experience, they can go straight away and uh, start working on it. 
Wonderful. That'd be great. You you have to let us know when that's available, and uh, we'll uh, talk about it on the show. We'll we'll promote it for you because productivity is one of the most. I mean, it's not overlooked. I won't say that, but it's the most. Um, I guess we give it a lot of lip service. We all talk about productivity and efficiency, and um, but how much of that actually translates through? And sort of my question I've been asking at my university recently is. Yes, but what's actually getting accomplished and what's the point of the work that we're doing? And it sounds like a negative mantra to have, but I mean, that's the whole spirit of the conversation we're having now. What is truly getting done? And um, I I just want to thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about that and, and giving us some insight on how we can get started. And more than that, I think one thing that you've done for us um is really give us an, a sense of what type of mindset we have to have moving forward to really be in a productive state of mind. Yeah, and I, that's very kind of you to say. Um, yeah, with with all of this, like my sort of goal is to help as many people as I can. So you know, I, I I'm slow, I'm growing my knowledge of resources and things every day. Uh, so you know, I appreciate you having me on, Chase. I really enjoyed listening to the other podcasts. If like if you're a user and listening now. Uh, and you haven't checked out the other podcasts there's some really good ones there some i i, I like the i think it was 36 with remote working right or yeah fun. yeah work, right uh, that was a really good one yeah i think that was 36 yeah yeah, that's yeah, one, that that's one of my favorites. I'm, I'm passionate about remote working and productivity, um, which is why I thought you're such a great fit with your brand for our show. So, Francesco, I'd love to have you back on in the future, especially to talk about any of those templates or tools or workbooks that you may come up with or anything new that you have going on. Um, give our listeners just one more reminder. Where can they find you? Uh, sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Chase. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so you guys can add me on YouTube. Uh, you just have to type in my name. Uh, it's a pretty complicated name, uh, as we were chatting before. Um, Francesco D'Alessio. Just pop it into YouTube. Uh, you'll find me. Uh, or just type in Productivity Apps, and you'll probably find me too. Um, but basically, yeah, I put out almost uh, three times a week now, four times a week on YouTube. Um, I also... Uh, I'm on Twitter at Francesco D underscore ALES. Um, and if you want to email me any questions whatsoever, whether they're like I get you know, 20 emails a week that are very, very specific about people's workflow, about what apps they're using now, what apps they like, the problems they're facing and what apps I would recommend. Um, so if people want to email me directly, um, I'll ping Chase with my email and you can send me anything and I'll take a look at it. Whether it's your existing workflow or anything like that, I'll I'll happily take a look. Yeah, and short of that email, we'll put everything on multinewmedia.com attached with this episode. I'm not sure the episode number right now, but uh, we'll we'll figure that out as we go. Like I said, we're in a little bit of a summer slump. Uh, Francesco, thank you for joining me today, and I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up. Yeah, thank you so much, Jason, and uh, thank you very much, everyone who's listening. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.